This episode of the Airport Experience News podcast is sponsored by Airport Dimensions, or formerly Airport Lounge Development. Their common-use lounge satisfies the needs of the broadest audiences of passengers who are looking for an alternative to exclusive airline or credit card lounges. Airport Dimensions is an expert lounge solution provider for airports and airlines. Check out their many locations in airports such as Atlanta, DFW, Orlando, Seattle, Las Vegas, and more. For more information, visit airportdimensions.com. Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. Please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you do not do so already. Also, please check out our library of episodes, which is growing and all still a very great listen. And finally, if you just absolutely love all the work that we do here, please feel free to leave a comment or review. Again, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Well, this is episode 72, and here I chat with Howard Eng. And depending on when you listen to this episode, I will say he is currently the president and CEO of the Greater Toronto Airports Authority, or he will be the former president and CEO of the Greater Toronto Airports Authority, because um, Mr. Eng will be retiring. Uh, But most importantly, Howard is our director of the year in the large airports category, and he will be featured in our November issue, a great piece written by Andy Teljohn. Please feel free to check it out. Uh, As I said before, Howard is retiring after a long and decorated career in the airport industry. And here, we just chat a little bit about the past, his favorite pastime, what he is going to be missing most about the business, and more. Here is my conversation with Howard Eng. So I'm here with Mr. Howard Eng, the president and CEO of the Greater Toronto Airports Authority. And he is the Airport Experience News Director of the Year in the large airports category. Uh, Howard, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, thank you, Raymond, for uh, taking the time to talk to me also. I've interviewed Lou Blyweiss and Candice McGraw. They are also uh, Directors of the Year in the small and oh. medium airport size category, uh, respectively. Uh, we've done this in previous podcasts, and um, you're kind of completing the cycle. And uh, as we said before we started recording, you know, the purpose here really is to differentiate what you had discussed with our writer, Andy Teljohn, in your interview for the November issue in which you were featured. So um, I know he and I probably asked the same question, but I'd love to kind of have you share, how did you find your way into the airport industry? Okay. Uh, But it was actually an interesting sidelight. I was in a meeting recently with Candace and Lou, and we were (laughs) sitting side by side. And actually Lou mentioned, well, the three... uh, uh, director of the year, all here, on one, all on the same side, sitting next to each other, <laughs> as if we branded it. That's great. So, your question were, how did I find myself into the airport business? Well, it's it's like all things that you can imagine. But this is quite a quite a few years ago. Uh, when I was growing up, we always get get enamored at looking in the sky and watching the planes fly by and you want to be one of those pilots. Uh, unfortunately, you probably saw pictures of me. Uh, uh-huh. From a very young age, I had to wear glasses. So in those days, the moment you don't have uh, perfect vision, uh, that, that career path is ruled out. So while I give up the view of being a pilot, I always continue to, to, to be very interested in aviation, uh, looking at the magazines and looking at details so 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 the interest was always there uh, i was very lucky when i graduated from university 
I had an opportunity as you know, it's going around looking for, for various permanent jobs, uh, was offered an opportunity to be what they call a administrative trainee in, in those days in Transport Canada, who at that time owns all the airport, that, that administrative trainee uh, in the airport side. So, so that's really how I started uh, into this process. As usual, when you got, you know, when you're in those days, you got those opportunities, you got two, three opportunity in front of you, and you always think, well, here's something I always are interested in, and I can't get into the flying part. Maybe learning something about airports will be the second best I could do. <laughs> well, was there, all right, I know you mentioned the flying part but, and, and the position you're in now, but was it all, was there another dream, maybe another profession that you would have chosen, if not something in aviation? There has to. Well, have been. <laughs> but, well like, like all things, even in those days, I was thinking, well, uh, being that the position was, uh, as I said, uh, all airports belong to Transport Canada, so it's a, a government position. Uh, I was thinking, well, let's go in there for three, four years, uh, <clears throat> get my aviation kind of uh, geekiness out, and then potentially <laughs> I will go over and work for, like all other people, banks or, or and finance area so that you can make real money. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, uh, like in all cases, after working for about three years in in in, in the airport business, uh, I I loved it. It's fascinating. It's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. There's opportunities not just at one airport, multiple airports, not just in one country. Really, opportunities around the world. And so, what I thought was three to four years became forty years by the time I retire next year. Well, let's not say unfortunately, because I think it's I think the industry, fortunately, uh, you know, for for everyone that you decided to, to pursue this path or maybe this this path consumed you <laughs> and continue. To pursue. I, I think it's a lot of the path consumed me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that, um, you know, you said you rose to the ranks uh, leading airport systems, which I think people I, I want to say the layperson might not be so aware just of how complicated uh, an environment um, airports are. So understanding that, I'm sure you had mentors um, along the way, whether they you sought them or they sought you, and I'm sure they had a lot of impact. So I'd love for you to share who some of those mentors were and, and, and how they impacted you. Sure. But, but actually, it's fascinating as it is, too, is perhaps I was very fortunate to have both uh, spent time studying science and then mm-hmm. later got a business degree. And actually, I think I'm also very fortunate in a career in in aviation that I actually get to use both of it. Yes. So you think about a lot of what we do, obviously planes taking off, planes landing, uh, a simple thing as how to heat or cool a building. And that's very science related, but we that the complexity is we're running a relatively complex business uh, with men, you know, in Pearson's case, there's 50,000 people working here. Uh, and we have over 400 companies doing business here. So. So that's the complexity of a very complex business environment and, and how, to, how to get everybody working together at what I call integrate together and, and produce the best result for the customer. So, so it is a mixture of business and a mixture of science. So that's what I said on the education front. In terms of mentors, uh, yes, I, uh, my first position, which was a planner, in Edmonton uh, Airport, Edmonton International Airport, 
uh, I watch a very seasoned CEO and how he, how he managed to connect with all the employees and the business there. Watching him connect from, hmm. uh, our, you know, from our, our, our plumbers, our electricians, snowplow operators, and connecting with our uh, uh, engineers, and then on the hand, how they connect with CEO from our business partner and working it all together. So I learned a lot watching him and seeing and, and mentored by him on how to have to be to do what I would call the personal side of this business. Uh, so later in my career, I was fortunate uh, to work in Hong Kong Airport, the new Hong Kong Airport mm -hmm. uh, that was done uh, uh, through landfilling. Uh, our first CEO there, I, I watch and what I learned and watch from him is that uh, running a bis an airport because of its complexity one has to be quite strategic. Yeah. We, you can't, and not only strategic, but strategic that can, a strategy that can deliver the right results. So it's just not strategy for strategy, strategy's sake, a strategy that will deliver the results and, and, and be able to translate a broad strategy to what does that mean back to the people side, the side where, where staff has to implement and execute. How does the grand strategy, how does that then relate back to people's day-to-day -day jobs? So I, I would say those two has really helped and mentor me through my career. So um, you mentioned science. What, what discipline of science, if I may ask? Well, I am, uh, I, I, I started in, in physics and then I took some chemistry, I, uh, but I was not very good at math, so, so very early, <laughs> Early in that process, I decided I'll get my science degree, but that's not where uh, where I could, put, could excel in. So, so then I went over and did uh, a business degree. I guess in some ways there there is a there, it is a science into what we do, like you said, right? I mean, in terms of uh, using an analogy, the the airport is just one huge organism in which you have many organs, but they all have to work in concert in some ways to make this thing run. And, and you're the person that has to kind of make it all function in some ways. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, so th this is a, a phrase coined by that, that first CEO in Hong Kong Airport, where he actually said, we're integrators, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, like I say, it, and most of the way airports are managed in North America, uh, we, we, don't, we don't have staff to do everything. We actually, uh, you know, the allies obviously have their own staff to do check-in. Some of them do their own baggage handling. Uh, we got you know, custom people, immigration people. You got police. So, so he coined the phrase, we're actually integrators. Our, our purpose is to ensure that everything knit together and function as a whole, as you say. Mm -hmm. It is at any part of it that is not not in sync would, would bring the whole thing to a grinding halt. So an integrator and a coalition builder, right? Because sometimes you don't all agree, but you have to get everyone in the same, <laughs> rowing in the same direction, I guess. Yeah, no, correct. Uh, at the end, I think uh, it is a process that uh, uh, sometimes may seem frustrating, but I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good thing. It is. You are in, uh, try to build coalition, and, and a lot of time, uh, when you 
you, you hear and then you, you, you try to instill what they're saying into the process mm-hmm. or into the decision. And a lot of time it comes to, uh, to be a better decision than the one you thought you had, uh, a solution that you thought you had at the start. So my next question is, you know, looking back at your career, you know, talk about, definitely please share one, maybe two kind of instances that, um, that early on you feel shaped you to be the person that you are going forward, whether it was your time in Hong Kong, Edmonton, or maybe even now uh, with Pearson, uh, you know, just there, there are always those seminal moments that we, that come and challenge us and kind of like, uh, I guess, reveal to ourselves and to others who we are, the type of person we are. Could you just share a couple of maybe of those instances? I think, uh, I'm not sure this will completely answer your questions, but <laughs> uh, because uh, again, there's many incident, incidents that have built, but one thing I did learn, it's almost uh, uh, at some point as the airport get bigger and bigger and more and more complex, what I have learned is you need to really think ahead, right? Mm-hmm. To anticipate because uh, at certain, up to a certain size, one can react. Uh, but as, as it at things, and, and not necessarily airport, actually any business, as you get more customers, or in our case, more passenger, and you got more system going, one has to anticipate uh, uh, what may happen, uh, not just today, not just tomorrow, but potentially one, two, three years away, because uh, uh, when you got when you got a machine running, uh, maybe an analogy, analogy you got a conveyor belt running smoothly. If you want to modify, change that, you got to anticipate what that change action will mm-hmm. happen and how to ensure that that goods that are traveling on a conveyor belt does not fall off or does not get stopped. So, so what I find is that as I move on my career and, and, and as that. And that really, it happened in Hong Kong as the airport got bigger and bigger. I, I realized that that one has to start thinking much longer term yeah. and to anticipate what, what the problem may be in the future. And that also, the other thing I learned is sometimes a problem you thought you fixed at today, uh, based on the scale you're at, uh, sometime when you add another 15 million passengers, that a version of that problem that you thought you saw shows up again, and you got to again anticipate and think of a different solution. Is so, it? Is it? Does it amaze you just to look at the speed of change with which Pearson and, and Toronto, the city, the area's growth, has come in the last, let's say, even decade, and and that in turn has kind of like I guess trickled into, um, you know, the airport and how you have how quickly you have to act, <laughs> I yeah. guess, or be a little more clairvoyant in in handling um, the, such growth. Not, so actually, that was the second point. Uh, okay. Talking about that changed my a little bit. Is is when I arrived at Pearson, I, I I could see potential. I mean, it is well located. There there is a good airline working. The people here here are very dedicated to the airport. And I knew it was going to grow, but I have never anticipated the growth that we have encountered in the last. Uh, as I used to say to people, in the last. This airport added 20 million passengers in roughly the last 20 years. Yeah. It took us about 15 years to add the first 10 million. It took us five years to add the next 10. So, so that pace and scale 
you have to write changes and require everybody, not just the CEO, staff and our business partner to think and work differently. And I must say what has been, again, very, not a, not, not a surprise, because I think airport people are, are can-do people, is how all of us uh, jump, jump up. And so here's the case, we added 10 million passengers. We haven't been able, you can imagine in five years, there's only that much building you can build. Yeah. But at the same time, with, with that extra 10 million, we have also enhanced and in, in improved our customer service during all that time. So, so that is again, as you say, something that that shows me anything is possible. We will return to the episode in just a minute. But today's episode is sponsored by Airport Dimensions. Airport Dimensions is the expert lounge solution provider for airports and airlines. They can help you increase your lounge revenue, enhance passenger services, and more. Learn about what they can bring to your airport at airportdimensions.com. And now, back to the program. Let's pivot a little bit. Let's, uh, we got the shop talk out the way. Let's speak to, to you, the person, for uh, the last segment here. You obviously cannot be, although you might try, uh, be at the airport all the time. I'm sure you, there's a point where you have to disconnect eventually, right? If not the airport, then maybe the, the, the job itself. So I'd love for you to discuss maybe, or share maybe um, a favorite pastime or pastimes uh, that you partake in that would, uh, I guess, that, you, that helps you unplug, let me say. Well, I, I used to enjoy golfing, but recently I didn't have enough time. <laughs> and and I sometimes golfing, I'm not so sure it's an enjoyment when you, <laughs> when you take your driver out and you hit the ball 100 yards going in the straight line and then it goes 150 to the right. So I'm, and, and, and still walking in the tall grass looking for the ball, I'm not so sure we'll call that enjoyment at that time. No, it's a contradiction when you say, I enjoy golf. That's a very con- contradictory statement. <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, so I, I'm quite simple. I, I, you know, the latest craze is, it's, I always like walking. Mm-hmm. And the latest craze, everybody try to get 10,000 steps. So I, I find that is a good motivator. So, you know, with, with the ease out of Fitbit or, or, or iPhone, they count for you. So what I try to do every morning is walk about five, you know, Three or four thousand steps on my way to catch the uh, what we have a, a train that takes from downtown to here. So rather than drive to work, I, I walk to the station. Uh, my wife dropped me off a, a, a few stops away from the station. I walk to the station. I catch the train here. And in the evening, I do the reverse. Uh, what is good is it allows you when you're walking, you're looking, your your mind disconnect a bit, and 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 it is a simple exercise you don't need a lot of extra gear and, and so on for so so that's one of my my the thing that i do every day to try to keep fit uh, allow you to disconnect a bit and, and like i say at the same time it doesn't require you to 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 you know buy weights or do all those things the other thing i i, I find recently is that while in this business i think we all go and and have uh, I've been to a lot of places. I may not have actually really truly seen a lot of places. <laughs> it usually is airport, go to an office meeting, back to the airport, get on a plane. So, uh, but I find fascinating. But as you go travel around the world, you do find everybody similar and there are fascinating cultural aspects of it. So what I find, I, the other part I find I like to plug is 
actually go to a place for 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 two weeks or three weeks, but not just do all the all the you know tourist thing, but actually just go down and have a coffee where the local have coffee. Mm-hmm. Right? If I wander into the market and see how people buy the groceries, so I find that equally relaxing, and and I think that is something that as as people always anticipate, oh, you're, you're in the aviation industry, everybody travel a lot. Yeah, we do. But we, like I say, we have been to a lot of places. Not sure we have seen a lot of places. That's amazing. And, and Toronto is a very diverse city. I, I have family that lives there. So it's, you know, it's it's amazing. Oh, yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. And actually, because of its diversity, uh, when you talk to people from different countries, they will tell you, oh, we have this, this at home. You need to go see it. And you go, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so, so and then they give you a recommendation of, well, go, go here. That's where the local goes. Yep. So again, that, that allows me to penetrate more into a city or into a country than if you just go take the regular tour. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. A, 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 the other part I really find uh, that, that Toronto also offer is that... Uh, uh, it's a city where actually uh, people are uh, knowledgeable and want to use transit. Mm-hmm. And I can see now a lot more housing, a group around the transit station and young people uh, are moving back downtown. They don't want to take the, 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 the one hour, an hour and a half drive. They want to live close to where they work. And actually that creates a, a whole different vibe, vibe downtown, a lot more excitement because Young people there, there at night, and, and so, so you're right. Toronto is a very, very vibrant and lively city that we. Well, that's where the culture and entertainment is. I, it, it's, and that's what uh, folks of that generation, you know, that's what satisfies them. So I, I could see that easy, and I'm envious actually. <laughs> I'm envious of it. Well, I, I was telling a story. As I said, that, that the major difference between my generation, I'm, I'm in in my sixties, to the to the younger. Uh, the, the 20s and the 30s. I said, when I was growing up, uh, uh, when you are, I think I was 14 years old when I go running out there, pick a part-time job so that I could save enough money so that once I get my driver's license, uh, I buy a $300 jalopy and off I go, you know, <laughs> driving and, and, and having fun. Nowadays, we have staff that work at the airport who said, uh, I'm around 30-something, I don't own a car and I don't ever intend mm-hmm. to, to buy a car. So can you please help me find and an, an lobby for better transit so I can easily come to work? That's actually happening in a, in a lot more cities. Oh, well, at least here in the States uh, than you think. Yeah. Just Because I'm in South Florida. We're not a very heavy like public transit use uh, state or area. Um, they're trying, but it's just not conditioned in our behavior, at least down here. But I know other cities are. So uh, it it won't happen overnight. It takes no. time. But I think once you give people option, and then they they they, they encounter and experience it as a good experience, then they will quickly change the mind. Actually, uh, we we just have the uh, I think about three years ago we the the, the uh, train. Uh, the province in the city uh, constructed a rail uh, mm-hmm. uh, train that takes people from downtown Toronto to the airport in 25 minutes. So, so very good service. It, initially, there was concern about ridership. It has picked up, but what I, I always tell 
the people that's in charge of the rail system, I said uh, people's mindset have changed. And by the way, your, your station downtown, it has become my part of my terminal building. They look mm-hmm. at me as well. When I get off the train, I see there are people there uh, waiting and, 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 and to, to meet and greet and to hug people coming off the train. They, they're no longer coming to the airport yeah. to, to see people if they're actually doing it downtown. So those kind of behavior changes takes a while, but but I guess we have to have the system so they, they can experience it and, and get a positive experience out of it. Certainly. So my next question, little fun as well. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little known fact about you and I hope you make it fun. Um, but a little known fact that lends a bit of insight into the person who, uh, that you are. So, a little bit of insight. <laughs> well, Candace oh, said I, Candace said that she followed Bruce Springsteen around, and I forgot what Lou said. Lou is a Lou is a, a baker and a cook, or at least he that's what he tell, told me. <laughs> I haven't tasted this, but like you know, something along that vein, I guess. Okay, so when I was working in Edmonton, uh, every weekend I go out there and go grocery shop. Everybody go look at me. So what? Well, it's actually I find it very therapeutic. <laughs> So, you know, in the morning I get up, I can make a list of what I need, you know, looking around the house. Uh, at that time, I drive to the, to the uh, grocery uh, store. I pick the thing off the shelf. I go pack it up, and then I take it home and put it away. It's one thing every week. I have a start, a middle, and a finish. <laughs> This this almost blends into a favorite pastime, I guess. It it, it can go either way, right? <laughs> yes, yes. It, it is one of those things. So when you are when you are running airports, a lot of things does not finish uh, at the day or the week, or you should sometimes things take years to get done. So it's therapeutic when you have something you can finish in a day. That's uh, actually that's a good point because nothing can nothing is ever that simple, nor uh, con- concluding as concluding quickly as something like that. So I, I totally appreciate that. <laughs> totally appreciate that. Um, so Howard, just a couple more questions for you. Um, I don't want to say it a, on a sad note, but definitely want to at least make it a little more uplifting. So the first is what will you miss? Cause you are heading into retirement uh, after a long distinguished career, but what will you miss about this industry? Well, uh, I, like, you know, and people ask me the same question when I left Edmonton and when I left Hong Kong to come. The thing you miss is people, right? When you uh, you think about it, we spend a lot of time at work. We probably spend more time at work than we sleep even. And you do create a friendship with people. You do together as a team uh, solve and resolve issues and problems. So that kind of bonding, uh, that happens uh, when you leave, either you leave the city or you leave the airport or you leave the industry. Uh, that is what I miss the most, uh, uh, that the people and the friendship, you, you, could, you, you will still get together. But, but uh, to me, it's the people that I'll miss the most when I leave the industry. Hopefully, uh, uh, I, they, they, they will remember enough to invite me back once in a while for some event, but then I'm not completely forgotten. No, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, and my last question for Howard, uh, Howard, for you is, you know, what are you looking forward to in retirement other than not having to worry about, you know, planes taking off and landing, et cetera? 
Well, I, I, the advice I got from colleagues that, that have retired, uh, and, and unfortunately, I think there's a whole group of us that seem to join the industry at the same time, and now we're almost all leaving the same time, is that uh, they said, uh, don't, don't rush into deciding what you want to do come, you know, when, you, when you retire. Because they say, you know, most of us, our life is, is mapped out every day. You've got certain things, meetings, events, and so on. Got to say, perhaps uh, the advice for me is take a month or two, Howard. Sit down and really think about what it is that the next chapter of your life you want to do. What are things that, uh, that you want to do that you may not have a chance to do today? Uh, and, and and then decide rather than just try to jump in to do many things to fill your time. So I thought that was very good advice. So I have not I have not predetermined what I will be doing afterward. But I think, as I said to my colleagues here, this industry has been very good to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would love to find ways to encourage young people to reach to join this industry to to. Uh, because uh, and we hear it everywhere that that um, uh, the, the graying of the population and concern about are there enough young people uh, that are interested to, to replace some of us gray hair people that are leaving. But I, I think part of it is it is a very exciting and dynamic industry, and there's many facets to it. I mean, you you could have uh, you know, uh, for example, I was in, in Edmonton. I used to ask an electrician, well, why are you working at the airport? Uh, you could be out there working for a contractor and make a lot more money. And he said to me, but Howard, the variety of work as an electrician. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if I'm out there, I know every day I'm going to go wire a house uh, or, or at, a, at a new construction site. But here, today, I'm working in, a, in the terminal building. Next day, with my high voltage license, I'm working on the on the on the 5,000 volt lights on the airfield, and we're changing, you know, from old switch gears to electronic. That variety, that change, is what keeps me here at an airport. And I think that's just one segment. I think there's so many different from, from uh, aircraft manufacturing to maintenance of aircraft to obviously pilots, flight attendants, catering. Right? They're big food facts. There's so many different aspects. Of, of business and, and, and places where young people can make a career. Uh, I hope uh, I can have an opportunity to encourage more, after I retire, to encourage more young people to take up aviation as a career. I think they'll find it very fulfilling. Well, I'm sure you found it very fulfilling. And um, once again, I want to thank you uh, for taking time to speak with me. And again, congratulations on the award, but more importantly, congratulations on a, a very storied and decorated career. Thank you for joining me, Howard. Thank you, Remo. Nice talking to you. Thanks again to Airport Dimensions for sponsoring this episode. In addition to their existing units, please check out their new lounges in Charleston and Jacksonville with Buffalo and New Orleans opening soon. Learn more about them at airportdimensions.com. Mm -hmm.